What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have a special one, uh, Julie Rosville. So Julie was the voice we heard at the beginning of the Craft Pays Me series. And this time the microphone is being turned towards Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Julie, what is it that you do? Um, I do a few things. Um, my day job is for Craft Nova Scotia. I'm program director there and I have, I've been with the organization in some capacity since 2003 off and on. Um, and, and, you know, from 2008, I've been there uh, consistently. Um, usually my job would entail uh, a lot of in-person events um which obviously this year uh past 14 months have not been possible um but my job is to get craftspeople out of the public eye for for the the job I get paid for um but for myself I am a a knitter spinner weaver dyer uh, and printmaker so that's what I do when I have time uh, in my own studio in the Gaspro Valley. Um, So it's, I've had a little bit of time this year, but it's been with with COVID, all of my other work for Craft Nova Scotia has certainly been sort of top of top of mind just because we're trying to figure things out. Um, But, uh, but I'm, I'm certainly trying to make more time for my own work whenever I can. Right, right. So how did you find yourself in this medium in particular? Um, I've always had an interest in craft in particular, uh, Mm -hmm. with my hands. Uh, I, you know, from an early age, my mother was always taking me to Craft New Brunswick shows or when we were in Ontario, um, you know, shows of fine craftspeople, galleries. um, And I, I was always creative um, and I loved art class was obviously my favorite place to be. Um, I was never particularly, you know, I didn't excel at any one thing, but I loved dabbling in, in everything. Um, but as I, as I got into my twenties, um, one of my neighbors was a weaver um, and I fell in love with the process um, because every step is very, you know, you can finish one part uh, and then move on to the next. So it's, you know, it's in little chunks and you can feel very um, accomplished uh, in small chunks with, because I've always had a job where I needed to be out doing, you know, doing that most of the time to be able to have a craft where I could sit down at the loom. So uh, you, uh, you won't be, people won't be able to see it, but you can, Uh, my loom is behind me. Um, You know, I could sit down for an hour and I could have, finished one bit, um, you know, six inches of weaving or threading the loom or whatever. So that was very satisfying. Um, and when I moved to Nova Scotia, 
I moved to Wolfville and Wolfville uh, was the home of Mary Black, who was, she was the weaver uh, internationally, really. She's known around the world because she wrote the key to weaving. Um, and so that got me deeper into that world. Um, and I met weavers here. Uh, Jackie Mackay was an incredible weaver in Wolfville. Um, and I worked uh, in her gallery, Summer House, uh, the first year that I moved here um, and was going to apprentice with her. But unfortunately, she got cancer and passed away. So that mm. never happened. Um, so I've moved through textiles, you know, through the weaving and into spinning and dyeing and eventually did knitting because I had I was partners in a yarn shop for a while. Um, and we discovered very early on because we thought we were going to be supplying weavers. Uh, there are way more knitters than there are weavers. Um, so both of us, the, my partner and I, were were weavers, and we quickly discovered that we had to learn how to knit better and fast. Um, because if you're supplying knitters, they're going to come in and they're going to ask questions and they want to know what needles to use and how to fix this hole in their knitting. And so mm -hmm. I had a crash course, basically, every time somebody walked through the door, I had to go over in the corner and thank God we had the internet. I had to Google, <laughs> Google how to fix this. Um, and that made me a, a, you know, a fairly good knitter in a very short amount of time, even though I had knitted for years, I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't have that great a skill um so it was it was interesting to force myself to learn these things um so that's sort of how i ended up in the textiles and then the printmaking i had already ha had an interest in it um i the first time i printed anything was maybe grade nine art class and mm. i think i still have that somewhere um but I, I love the idea of marks on paper. Um, and I remember going to a fundraiser at Ross Creek um, with my boss one time, and she uh, put a bid in on a Bob Hainstock print that had no ink on it. It was just texture on paper. So you walked up to it and you saw these ripples. Right, cool. And I was fascinated um this was probably maybe 2008 2009 and that got me thinking about printmaking again and how I could incorporate my knits into printmaking and um and then I went to see a show of Betty Goodwin who was a printmaker who printed vests and boxes and bird's nests and gloves and uh, just about anything using a method called soft ground which is like a waxy coating on the plate and then you put whatever the object is on and put it under pressure so it makes an impression and then you can etch that and so you see that shadow of the 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 garment or the leaf or whatever it is you've put on this um oh, cool. and ink it and so that made me realize that knitting could really translate to the page uh so i i started trying to figure out how to do that in about 2009 2010 and have been sort of slowly moving my way through it um, and uh, get, taking whatever time I can in between other things to to learn right that's that's interesting I, I have I'm not familiar with that process so I learned something new yeah, uh, yeah. so um, where did you actually grow up was it New Brunswick or Ontario 
It was, so, born in New Brunswick, uh, then I think maybe when I was a toddler or a couple of years older, I think a year in Montreal, back to New Brunswick, Ontario for two years, back to New Brunswick, um, and, uh, and then here to Nova Scotia as an adult. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, mostly New Brunswicker with a little Ontario and Quebec in there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, the Riverview was sort of most of where I was in New Brunswick for my, up until my teens. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So you, you kind of remind me of me in that, like you you fill your time with a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a habit of that. Um, I do have a habit. I, I certainly have always had a love for um, bringing people together is mm-hmm. my favorite thing. I, I have a friend who, who she's the opposite. She's like wants to keep all her world separated. It's like she needs barriers between each of the sections. And I'm like, I want everybody in the same room at the same time. <laughs> I want to see how everything interacts. So, um, so yeah, I've always done that from an early age. So I was the kid in grade 10 who got all of the you know, the, the potentially artistic people together to make a, you know, a 15 foot by 15 foot James Dean uh, panel, <laughs> the back of the Grease, you know, play uh, for theater, uh, you know, that, you know, that sort of thing and doing, you know, organizing recitals for my friend who was a, a pianist, uh, you know, when I was in grade 12 and uh, little art shows at the cafe I worked at. So Mm -hmm. I always had that sort of, uh, you know, desire to bring people together. And I guess uh, I've always described it as I, I'm I'm the cheerleader. I'm the, Mm -hmm. I'm the one who, who tells people about these amazing artists or craftspeople or, you know, this thing that's happening in the community. Um, and that's sort of where my focus uh, it has always been throughout my life. Gotcha. Getting to do that. Right. So, you know, speaking of that, then um, for the people who haven't heard of the, the Craft Pays Me series, what uh, can you explain what uh, Craft Nova Scotia is and yeah, yeah. what your role is? Yeah, so Craft Nova Scotia is a charitable nonprofit, um, been in existence since 73, incorporated in 76. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, they work on behalf of craftspeople in the province, uh, from professional development uh, to having, we administer the Centre for Craft Nova Scotia on behalf of the province, where there's a gallery and studios, residencies. Um, my primary job over the past few years has been our retail shows uh, at the Canard Event Centre in November and uh, Victoria Park in July. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously this has been a, a bit of a struggle of a year, not being yeah. able to do those things. Um, so finding new ways and Craft Pays Me was one of those ways. I had heard your interviews with uh, Andrea Sang Jackson and Tabitha uh, Coe, who um, does leather bags. Um, and 
it just sort of sparked in me, you know, okay, I can't have a show. I can't bring people together in person, but maybe I can, you know, we can tell the stories of the craftspeople in a different way. Um, so I touched base with you last year and you said yes. And then it took a few months to find the money uh, to make it happen, the funding, but we did get some, uh, some digital funding through Arts Nova Scotia, which was excellent. And we were able to have the project go forward. Mm -hmm. um, so that was pretty exciting to bring. Basically, we, we brought you a, a long <laughs> list. Uh, we, we gave you choices. We gave you, know, we gave you a huge list of, of names that you could go through and, and pick and choose out of each medium uh, so that we sort of had, you know, glass and textiles and, and clay and leather um, and uh, had you do, you know, just take it from there. And it worked out really well. Um, so this year has been a lot of that, like finding projects like Craft Pays Me. And we did a, a re-showing of the Life's Work series, which was from 2012 or 2015, um, and interviews with those craftspeople who were part of that documentary series. Uh, mm -hmm. which did that um you know and there's lots more to come and pop-ups and whatnot um but craft nova scotia is a huge part of the community in nova scotia that i think i you know i feel i, I love dearly um so getting to work with craftspeople is uh it's quite an honor and uh, and a privilege to be able to because you know where where somebody else might idolize a celebrity or a writer or a, or 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 something else, um, well, that's sort of those are the people that I look up to and, mm -hmm. and idolize, um, and uh, and wish that I had half the talent that they did because I mean we've got so many talented craftspeople in the province. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I have to applaud you too. Um, every time I. I check the Instagram feed for Craft Nova Scotia. There's always some new content, something like it's a great resource for craft people. Yeah, it's uh, no, we're, I mean, they make it easy. I mean, you have, <laughs> you have these people who create beautiful things, especially Instagram. It's just like, okay, all I have to do is just post a beautiful picture of a beautiful thing. And every, I've got, you know, a thousand people in the province to choose from uh, yeah. you know, as far as putting something up and showing the world what uh, what Nova Scotia is up to. So it's uh, that that part of my job is very, very easy. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. Cool. So you um, have a show that's going on right now, an exhibition at the yeah. Harvest Gallery. Yes, I do. <laughs> Behind locked doors, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so I've been working for, well, for 10 years, I've been working on a body of work of textile prints. So using my knitting to make prints on paper, um, either directly, so inking a shawl and uh, throwing it on the press and, and uh, and printing it on the paper or doing the process that I talked about earlier, that soft ground on copper, um, where you etch into the copper to create the lines that you want um, to print. Um, so, you know, it's certainly because I have so little time to actually make work, you know, two weeks here, a week there, um, it's taken me a long time to build that, 
what I have so far. Um, and last year with the pandemic, I really didn't know how my job was going to pan out. I didn't know, you know, how, what was going to happen. So I started thinking about, okay, I really should be doing, I'm not, I'm not 20 years old anymore. Um, I should be do if I want to do this, I should be doing it. Um, so I talked to um, last year, I talked to Deb Kuzik at Lucky Rabbit Pottery, um, Lucky Rabbit and Co, I guess, um, in Annapolis Royal and asked her if she'd consider uh, having my work on display. They have a little corridor um, that they use as a gallery. Um, and uh, she said yes. So last mm -hmm. August, I showed, I think, six prints um, there. And at the same time, I went and I talked to Linda McDonald at Harvest Gallery in Wolfville and said, you know, I've never had a showing of my work by itself. I've had works in group shows. And by August, I had had uh, you know, now two corridor galleries because Visual Arts Nova Scotia also has a corridor gallery. Um, mm. And I had had a few works uh, on display in that, um, I think on two different occasions. And uh, so I asked Linda if she would consider letting me have my first solo show uh, at Harvest at the same time as her press show. She usually in the late spring has a show of printmakers um, in her upper gallery. Uh, and then in the lower gallery, she will have a single artist. So last year it was Cecil Day, who's an incredible printmaker in Yarmouth. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately for her, again, last year, things were behind locked doors. Yeah. Um, so, so Linda said yes uh, last I think we talked maybe in, you know, July last year. Um, I think probably the same time I emailed you about the, <laughs> I was basically, I need to figure out what to do with my life. So I was like emailing everybody trying to find things to do. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so Linda said yes. And that seemed like a really long way away last July. Um, and then all of a sudden in January, she was like, okay, we need to set the exact date. And it was, you know, it was then saying April 17th and I was like okay well that's a couple months away yet I, I can do this and then it just sort of all of a sudden was here it's real <laughs> it, was, it was very real and very terrifying um because I am used to because I'm not I have a very weird personality I I learned the word ambivert uh, okay. a few years ago and I, I think that describes me quite nicely. Uh, I am very much an introvert most of the time, um, but if I'm talking about other people or if it's not, if, if I'm talking about process, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, if I'm talking about other people's work, I'm very fine with that. I'm like out there in the world telling everybody. Um, as soon as you turn it on me specifically, I, I'm, I'm definitely, get the, my nerves get me. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, it's, it's a little scary. It's weird, because uh, I'm not used to being scared of things. Um, so, so yeah, I had a little opening on Tuesday night on Zoom, and I've done 
how many I've done all the zoom things this year like every time I turn around I'm doing something on zoom um and you know and putting it out on the internet so you wouldn't think that by that by now I would be nervous about it but man it was I was I was in rough shape on uh, on Tuesday during the day and not having I think also I like being in control of things so not having complete control because somebody you know Linda was the one in the gallery you you yeah. know doing the, that part of the, the technology and I was at home in my studio because we were staying separated for you know public health reasons um so not having that sense of control that I usually have also is not you know wasn't helpful for me but but we got through it and it was it was fun it was enjoyable in the end and uh mm. we had a lot of a lot of great people friends and family and strangers from all over the place um so that was good so there's 21 prints in the show and uh so it's weird to see them all in one place because i've never had that many pieces of my work all together but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's exciting and uh hopefully a building block for whatever comes next right i can i can so relate to that uh i'm i think i'm kind of i'm definitely an introvert but at the same time i kind of enjoy public speaking to some extent yeah uh but like ask me to turn the mic on myself and just do a solo episode of art pays me and it's terrifying i, yeah. I need to interview someone <laughs> yeah and that and that's it i i and I find that with my life in general, I've always been this sort of split personality uh, in all aspects of my life. I'm very much, uh, you know, uh, you know, I remember in the early, well, was it mid nineties, I guess, um, when the internet was just really starting to get out into the world, like when, you know, the average person was getting to have, you know, the World Wide web. And so we, my husband and I were early adopters, you know, the minute it was available, we were on, you know, we were on Gopher before, you know, before, you know, the World Wide web was available and, you know, things right. like that. Um, and our neighbor used to laugh at me. She says, you are the strangest person because, you're like so technologic, like you want the newest technology, you want to, you know, you've got the internet and you're on, you know, finding things all the time, but you're, the reason why you're on the internet is because you want to find how to weave something or you want to learn how to make dandelion jelly or like, so I'm like this, so that's sort of how my personality is in all, all aspects. I'm a really tidy person but my house is a mess and I'm really you know I'm a really uh, I like to be out there and talking to all the people all the time but I also am quite happy never to see anybody for right. weeks on end um yeah. so yeah that's sort of a, the way it is it's, cool yeah so how was the process of getting all of that work ready for your show <laughs> Uh, it was hard. Uh, I definitely ran into some roadblocks. Um, yeah. uh, certainly, um, because what I'm doing is larger work. Um, so three of the pieces are on 66 by 29 inch paper. Um, oh, wow. So printing that alone is not, um, especially for somebody who's not experienced. I 
And even if you are you were experienced, I think it still would be a huge challenge, um, especially mm-hmm. if you don't have quite the right equipment. Like my press can do a full size sheet of paper, which is 22 by 30, and it could even do an oversize. But making something that big you just handling it is difficult um and my space is narrow i've got a really great large studio but it is fairly narrow so you know just trying to turn around you know with something that big is hard so i had the help of bonnie baker who is a very experienced printmaker and artist in annapolis royal um she offered to come and help me um, and drove from Annapolis Royal to the Wolfville area multiple times to help me um, mm-hmm. and get these prints done. Um, I was able to do them on individual pieces, like three pieces of paper to make them triptychs by myself. Yeah. But as soon as I wanted to have the single sheet of paper, I needed that assistance. So we managed to get them done. It was hard because um, what happens is with the when you're printing the shawl itself, um, it's most of them are sort of triangular shaped or not, they're not symmetrical. It's not a rectangle. Mm -hmm. Um, So what happens is you, you go up on top of the piece as it goes under pressure under the press and then the shape changes and the paper has been stretching that whole time. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the shape changes and the there's, there's not as much pressure on one side as the other, the paper starts to crinkle. Um, And so trying to work through that, I really needed another person who had, you know, some experience and we could, you know, brainstorm, okay, well, if we try doing this, so we put the paper through the press first with nothing so that that stretched it out. Um, we wetted it differently. Um, we reduced the pressure uh, so that it wasn't as intense. You weren't going to get as sharp of an image, uh, you know, as um, as deep an impression of the mm-hmm. knitting on the paper, but in order just to make it work, we had to take that pressure off a bit. So those the, that was definitely challenging, but we got through it. And then the final push was to get pieces that big framed. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, 70, what, 75 by, th- well, 75 by 30, no, 35 by 70. That's how big the frames were for the two biggest pieces. Wow. So, uh, you know, getting the, yeah just receiving the shipment of the frames was awkward and you know and like the mat board that you need for behind the piece <laughs> the mat board i i went to go get the frames at midland um on a friday afternoon and i brought my truck and i figured yeah, so say you would need a truck I, i'm like oh yeah they'll fit in the truck it'll be fine not thinking that Yes, the frames are, are are 35 by 70 and then they're boxed and they would have fit in just like I would have had to have them at an angle because I don't have a big truck. I have a little truck. Um, and but then I looked, I arrived there and I looked at the box that had the mat board and the foam core in it and they were oversized sheets. They were 100 inch oh. sheets um, by 40 something. And then, of course, you have to box those because they have to be protected and they're light. So I got there and the guy's like, you can't put that in your truck. Oh yeah, no, no, I can't. Because I basically just have a giant sail. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> that would like worse than a mattress, you know, just lightweight box that's like twice as big as the back of the truck, yeah. uh, hanging out there, flapping in the wind. Um, so yeah, just even getting the stuff was was a challenge, and framing it was was we spent ten hours, the two of us. I went to Bonnie's uh, studio to frame them. And she, well, I helped her was what I keep telling people because she took the reins and she, cause she had framed some larger work before. Um, yeah. And uh, so she had, she had the skill and I was just basically following behind her and doing whatever she told me to do. Um, and I think we took one half hour break through the whole thing. We worked from 11 to nine, uh, 11 in the morning till nine at night. And she is a trooper. She didn't, I kept saying, you know, if you want to stop and just like give up and we'll, you know, pick, I'll come back tomorrow. It's fine. And she's like, nope, we're getting it done today. And I was just like, I like, you know, cause I'm, you know, she's a few years older than I am and I'm 48 and, and I, you know, I don't do 12 hour days anymore. Uh, my body just doesn't take it. Um, and so, so yeah, it was a long haul, but we did it. We got it done and they're hung now and they look good. Um, so, so I'm pleased with that. So great. Yeah. Yeah. The, and the, the prints are amazing. I, I, I've just been uh, kind of swamped. So I only actually checked them out the other day. And I was like, oh, wow, these are really cool. So uh, yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Now, it's very niche. I'll say that, you know, n- Prince of Knits is not exactly, <laughs> you know, I'm certainly, uh, you know, I'm not going to find a, a wide audience, but people who like them really, really enjoy them a lot. Um, and I think just pattern in general. Yeah. I, I love the the way that the you know there's one in particular called the the honey sweet shawl um and uh it's a knitter actually in nevada who designed the pattern that i knit and that one has been getting lots of people noting how like the just the pattern is so you know it sort of undulates up the page uh, it's really an interesting uh an interesting pattern and uh, has a, it's very graphic so yeah it's, it's beautiful i can see them like i think they'd be stunning in in uh like an in, like i could see them in a stage staging situation like in a real estate yeah uh, like they have you cons- are they for sale or is it or is it more just yeah. an exhibition no they are they are for sale yes okay yeah so. yeah like in a big room i think especially with the size like they would be very cool and something like that yeah certainly the size does does make it interesting i did one of them the one of them that is in that exhibition um is already sold uh it actually was purchased by the art bank of nova scotia um oh nice for this round so for for 2021 so that was exciting because I hadn't like I I hadn't ever tried to put anything in for the art bank before I think we uh, they had tried through another when I had my work in the designer craft shop but it didn't the application didn't end up going through um and so I just in uh in february decided to give it a shot and uh, and submitted it because uh, it's the last year that it would be eligible because uh, i made i printed that one in 2016 um and uh and 
it sold. So so it will be going to the art bank, which is quite exciting because then it could end up in any number of buildings in the province. Um, so uh, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty excited about that. That's very cool. Very yeah. cool. Wow. So if like. <laughs> As far as the, the challenges in, in what you do as a, actually, you know what, do you, so here's a, this, this interesting thing. When I was at NASCAD, there was always like this, and we talked about it in the series a bit, uh, the artist versus the craft person. Do you mm-hmm. identify one way or the other? So, I, yeah, it's always a conversation that comes up. Uh, in, particularly in the craft world and fine craft world. Um, I think every person identifies themselves differently and and that's sort of the way that we've done it through Craft Nova Scotia. We tend to say craftsperson um, Mm -hmm. with Craft Nova Scotia as opposed to, you know, artisan or crafter or anything else. We say craftsperson. Um, I, yeah, I definitely struggle with that. I have, because I went last year, just before the pandemic, I went to London um, for Collect for uh, UK, which is a big fine craft show in London. Um, And uh, it was for an educational mission with uh, Craft Alliance Atlantic. Uh, And we had to have promotional materials and and things like that because we were going to be talking to galleries and um so i had to do a little card and i struggled with what to put on it because i didn't know i i hadn't really put a name on myself you know a label so in the end i settled on uh, textile artist and printmaker uh, okay. was what I, what I decided on. Um, that seemed to cover all the bases uh, that I wanted uh, because artist didn't seem like quite right. I really needed the, I, for whatever reason in my brain, I needed that, that, you know, the textile part. I needed to make sure it was clear that that's what I was doing. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's where I went. Textile artist and printmaker. Um, it seems, seems to be okay for now. <laughs> so I, I still don't yeah. know what to call myself. Um. Yeah. So it's so weird uh, and everybody has a different, yeah, a take on it. And a lot of people don't, and I see that because I work with so many craftspeople and don't, th- it doesn't ever get better. It doesn't ever get easier. Like I've been in a room with master craftspeople who like are at the top of their game and have been exhibiting and getting awards and doing things for 40 years. And they still don't know. They still haven't figured it out or feel comfortable in their own skin. Uh, ever, I don't think it ever changes. Um, you know, there might be the odd person, but I, but uh, but for the most part, everybody I've met has had the same struggles, and they never go away. <laughs> so, yeah. which is a good and a bad thing, I guess. Um, you know, it's uh, it depends on your on your point of view. <laughs> to, yeah, I've heard it referred to as the great discontent. Um, yeah, and uh, I think. It, it's like when you say it's a good thing, I think it, it means that we, it, it makes us less stagnant because we're always feeling like, well, I got to push, I got to do something different. Or 
I think once you start feeling like you've, you've figured it all out, it's, it might be over. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, I, I agree. And it's interesting. Um, yeah. I, I think that every artist or craftsperson I know who was com- appeared to be completely comfortable in themselves, they, they weren't necessarily growing or learning anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And that's okay too. That's okay too. too. If you're, if that, if you're comfortable where you're at, uh, like, why not? Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, for me, I think always trying to figure out what comes next is, is always interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what kind of advice would you give someone, uh, a craftsperson today? Um, oh, <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. Um, be a part of your community. Mm. I think that's huge. I, you can't like being alone in your world. And a lot of us are so much, um, when you're working on things, you do spend a lot of time alone, yeah. um, but engage with your community um, and that can be both your fellow craftspeople, it can be the people who buy your work, it can be uh, the people who are your cheerleaders, uh, you know, government organizations, you name it. Um, I think you need to, you know, if at all possible, you know, if that's, if, if that's possible for you to be a part of that community um and uh and interact with people i think that's huge because the only way that we all learn and grow is to is to be with other people that's why i think why i miss um being in the office uh is that's one of the things i do miss i don't miss the commute because my body just does not enjoy the commute um but if I could teleport to Craft Nova Scotia office uh, on a semi-regular basis, that would be easier. Um, but we are housed within the Cultural Federations of Nova Scotia. So in our office space, uh, which is a cool uh, little spot down uh, on the Halifax Seaport, um, we have Craft Nova Scotia, we have Writers Federation, Strategic Art Management, uh, museums, theater, dance, choral, uh, and visual arts Nova Scotia are all housed in the same complex. So we share an outer space where there's a little kitchen and uh, tables that you can sit at. There is our photocopy room uh, and postage meter and we still have a fax machine just in case anybody needs to send a fax, um, which still happens sometimes, oddly enough. Um, we have a boardroom, but those interactions, the things you hear over the wall um, from the neighbors next door or the meeting that's happening, or you see somebody photocopying something, and you know, an interesting poster, um, or you can bounce something off of somebody from one of those other cultural federations. Those are the things I miss the most mm-hmm. um, about being in a shared office space um, because that community that that you learn so much and can, um, you, you know, I think you, you can work better um, if you know what's going on in your community. So for a printmaker, you know, if I didn't have community, 
I wouldn't have been able to complete this project and get these works up on the wall and have a show um, because I wouldn't have known Bonnie or been comfortable enough to talk to her about the problems I was having yeah. uh, and get her help and her offer me help because she knew that I, I'm the type of person who will go out and help anybody that I can. So she was... Uh, ready and willing to reciprocate um so i think that that's how you you know that's how you grow as a person generally yeah uh, and in the craft world i think it's pretty critical um because it is a small world um mm -hmm. and you, in order if you want to make it your livelihood you need to know you know the the craftspeople i know who are the most successful um are very open with their knowledge and their their skills and their experience. Um, they don't keep those things close to their chest uh, and you know and hoard them. Uh, they share them like infinitely, uh, yeah. and they are the most successful people that I know um, because they are they want they want to. There was oh god I'm gonna get tear I I. So Life's Work series that I talked about earlier was a series of short documentaries that um, that featured uh, master artisans here in the province. And one of the subjects was uh, Heather Lawson, who was a stone carver. And she passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and so I'm so grateful that we have that project that Craft Alliance and Craft Nova Scotia and Ben Proudfoot of, of Breakwater Studios and ACOA and Film and Creative Industries all came together and they made this project happen. And we now have this beautiful little nugget of a film about Heather and the other craftspeople too. They're all important, but Heather mm -hmm. in particular because she's now gone. One thing she says in that and she said in life generally was you don't want to make it harder for the people coming up behind you. And I think she experienced that a lot as a woman in a, in a, in a very male dominated uh, career as a stone carver. And, uh, um, but she was always drilling that into people. You, you want to make it as easy for the people coming up behind you as you, as you can, um, mm. because that's what makes this an interesting world. Um, is to to lift other people up so uh, I think about that a lot and about her a lot I love that that's wow yeah she was oh if you people need to see uh, the, uh, the whole life's work series but stone in particular uh you know you, you hate to have favorites but I definitely uh that one for me is just it's just amazing her story and her as a person she's just she's brilliant um, wow. and I miss her. Cool. Uh, well, so on that note, um, we've got your exhibition going on. How do people support that? Um, so at this point online, <laughs> um, yeah. they can follow me. Shipston Designs is my personal. Um, so Shipston, S-H-I-P-S-T-O-N, designs um, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and then uh, Linda at Harvest Gallery, Harvest Gallery NS. Um, so you can see the works. Everything is up on the Harvest Gallery website. Okay. Um, all the pieces for that show. Uh, my work is on my website, which is inkpaperpress.ca. 
um, and you can scroll down and find all my prints there. Um, so yeah, those, I think that for, for this or for any craftsperson or artist that you know, just, just like, even if you can't buy their work, share their work around, just show like, sh you know, sort of send it off into the world uh, and yeah. spread it around. Indeed. And uh, that's all part of that community piece too, because you just never know those, those small, you think it's innocuous, but um, you know, you share something and the right person sees it or whoever, it just, you know, you don't know how you're, doing that impacts people yeah and I think like just tell if you love something tell people that you yeah. like tell the person because I definitely struggled this year with the um you feel like you're talking into the abyss a lot of the time I'm mm -hmm. used to having some feedback because when you're in face to face with people you know they'll they'll say oh yeah I saw that thing you did and no uh, that was you know thank you for that or good job or whatever um yeah. your colleagues when you're in an office but if you don't have that um it certainly is uh you know it it's hard to know whether or not what you're doing you know you you do need outside validation sometimes <laughs> you you do need somebody to say you know I noticed that thing um because, you know, if you're just doing everything, you know, with your head down and you never talk to anybody, um, it's hard to know, you know, the feedback is good, good or bad. All feedback is good. Um, Absolutely. You know, so gentle feedback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to blast somebody, but certainly, you know, if, so, if somebody's doing something that needs a little adjustment, it doesn't hurt to sort of have a conversation. But yeah, right. feedback is good. Yep. Cool. All right, Julie. Um, thanks a lot for doing our pays me. And thank, uh, you for, thank you for making me do it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you saying, yeah, I, cause I definitely, I, I had a hard time saying yes, but I did. Eventually I got around to it. So I'm, I'm glad we did. Well, you, yeah, because, you know, I got a sense that you are the type of person that would rather talk about other people than yourself. And I was like, you know, Julie does some interesting things too. So I should, <laughs> should reach out. And the funny thing is um, someone else actually did reach out to me. I had already thought about this, but someone did say, you know, you should think about having Julie on the show. And it was Tabatash. <laughs> And I was like, you know, I already, I already do have a plan to ask her, but you're, you're absolutely right. So that kind of put the uh, bug in me to like, yeah, don't forget to ask her. Don't forget to ask her. So. Yeah, oh, that's funny. So, Tabitha, she's a, she's a whirlwind. She's, she's amazing. She, uh, yes. she's another one who doesn't stop. Uh, she does her. not. No, she does not. I, and that was the first one of your interviews that I heard was you and her. And it was sort of funny because Half of it, really, she was sort of interviewing you a little bit. <laughs> it was, she yeah. was giving you all these like, like I, I, I just enjoyed it so much because it was so, it was very much a conversation, and it wasn't, it wasn't stunted and you know, sort of. And no, we're going to talk about this. Um, yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was really lovely, and I think that's sort of what piqued my interest in what you were doing, and made me go back and listen to to other uh, episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, cool. So I, 
think it was good. And hopefully, uh, I think, you know, hopefully we'll do, we'll do craft pays me again in the future. Another, another uh, nice. that I, I loved it. So it was good. Thank you so cool. much. Yeah, no problem. And yeah, Tab still, she still messaged me periodically to like give me back <laughs> stuff or advice or whatever. That's so good. Uh, yeah. she's, she's, she's a good one for sure. Yeah. Uh, excellent. All right. Thank you so much. This was great. All right. Cool. All right. Thank you for listening to Art Pays Me. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening you can find out more about Art Pays Me at artpaysme.com or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at Art Pays Me on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace. <laughs>